in January when we were really like looking for a house, we just realized the market is so crazy, which I'm sure you know. We were kind of like bitter, like this is Red Hook, like we should, why is this so hard for us to find a house in Red Hook? Can we do this like an untraditional way? And there's this one house that we really loved, kind of just always loved it, me and Austin, my husband. And we just decided to write them a letter and just like mail it. This is very a stationary story too, actually. Oh, you wrote a letter. We just hand wrote a letter being like, hey, like, how are you? Remember us? We knew their son from high school. He was a good friend of ours in high school. We were like, we've been to your house for parties. We just always loved your house. If there's any ever a time that you're considering selling it, let us know. We, you know, and and we were like, no pressure. Let this just be a compliment, like if anything else. Wow. It's a new way of living and I'm trying to get used to it One park blues have an ounce of an idiot Ordered a Manhattan and they call me a city, yeah At first I hurt my feelings but it's kinda got a ring to it When you move to the country they can tell when you're new to it I'm looking at a place but I'm trying to keep fitting in It takes too long to be a local so for now I'm a city, yeah I'm Matt Zucker, and this is City It, learning to live and love life in the Hudson Valley. Episode 92. When I lived in New York, I had my usual places, as I'm sure you do, or did. The coffee shop you would go to nearly every day, the dry cleaner who also did your laundry, the magazine stand where you could buy lotto tickets. I used to buy scratch-off cards every Friday just to see if I needed to go to work on Monday. My drop-ins at all these regular places, though, were pretty functional. Sure, I usually knew the person behind the counter or the hostess, but I wasn't that chatty about life or spent quite as much time loitering. Well, except at the bar at the Red Cat on 10th Avenue. Brian and I were regulars there, and we would chat for hours with our favorite bartender and order the secret burger, which wasn't on the menu. Upstate now in a small town, I pop into all my favorite places all the time. I try to always buy something, but I'm also a bit of a gossip and always want to know what's new, what's happening. People ask about the show, and several people have been on it, as you know. This episode, you'll meet my new favorite store owner new friend, Mari. It's spelled Marie, but as she says, the way to pronounce it is like calamari. Makes it easier to pronounce correctly. Same is true for me. I have a mnemonic for Zucker, which my high school history teacher Linda Duke gave to me. It's Zucker like hooker. Yeah, now you'll never forget it. Now, Mari's Red Hook Stationery Company is the latest addition to a row of stores from the corner counter, which you heard on episode 87, Cheese Please, plus Annabelle's Village Bake Shop, Little Pickles, Equius Art Gallery, Local Vore, and more. As a certified tourist ambassador, it is my job and my joy to bring you the best of the Hudson Valley, including its people, and hoping you'll come visit. Mari moved here from the Republic of Georgia. She went through the Red Hook School District. She has that crazy brave story you heard earlier about how she and her husband got their house. And well, you'll hear it all. Let's talk to Mari. Hi, Mari. Hi, Matt. <laughs> Welcome to City Ed. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to be here after having listened to the 
podcast and like loving it and not even having imagined being able to be on it. And then when you asked me, I was like, oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, well, the show has been a great way for me to kind of get to know people around the Valley and different businesses and kind of fuel my curiosity. So I can't help it because I'm infatuated with your store. Oh, thank you. And I totally relate from having the store and get, getting to know people in the community. Cool. I mean, but you're not new to the community. Maybe a good place to start would be to tell us about your relationship to the Hudson Valley and Red Hook and like how it all began. So I moved to Red Hook when I was five, actually to Berrytown, which is like a little hamlet in Red Hook, which some people don't yep. know. It's literally two streets that connect. And so I started school at Mill Road in kindergarten and was there through 12th grade. Um, where did you move from? I actually moved from the Republic of Georgia, which is like in Eastern Europe. Oh, not from Jersey. <laughs> not from Jersey, no. I mean, we were in New York for a little bit and then Albany for a moment and then somehow ended up in Barrytown. So did you go to, you went to school here? Yeah, I went to school in the Red Hook District like throughout the whole 12 or 13 years. When I entered kindergarten, I didn't really like even speak English. So looking back on photos and stuff, I'm like, wow, I must have been such a little like... <laughs> I don't know, outsider, but I feel like I had a really good experience. Was Red Hook very different then than it is now? You know, I can only speak from my own experience, but I always tell people, like, I feel like all the things that were really good about Red Hook in my memories and from the past have kind of remained. But then the things that maybe I remember that weren't so great are, I feel like are improving, which is really encouraging. What was terrible? Why? What's improving? <laughs> it's hard to put into words because it's really like a feeling and I have to attribute it to I mean, the first word unfortunately that comes to mind is politics and yeah. the general vibe in the town of of how maybe like accepting people are of of things or maybe like less ignorance Ugh, I'm, I'm a little hesitant to use those words but sure it is just like a general energy okay well that's a positive change yeah, for sure. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But then, but then on the other hand, I feel the authenticity of Red Hook as just like a small town, not totally revolving around tourism and things like that are still there, which is awesome. Right. Right. It's still very much a farming community. You know, yeah. as somebody who's only been here for like nine years, I always wonder about buildings and history. And is there anything that I should know, like this was something else and now it's this? Are there things that when I'm driving by, I probably take for granted? Oh, that's so fun. Again, this is in the perspective of a high schooler yeah. that, I, that I remember these things, but do you know where the movie theater is, the Lyceum? Yes. So you know how in front of the Lyceum alongside the road, there's this like huge empty lot? Yes. Well, that was a building that had burned down in like 2012 or something. Oh. Um, I could be wrong about the date, but sometime around there. And there was like eight businesses in there. It was a big building with small little businesses and they were kind of ever-changing. And the ones that stand out to me was one time there was a place called Rusty's, which was a sandwich shop and a lunch spot. And it was great. I feel like I've been talking about Rusty's for 10 years being like, oh, remember Rusty's? Like, I wish they would come back. Yeah, I don't know um, it. There was another place called Uncle Chippy's, which was a burger place that a lot of the high schoolers would hang out at. It was a very retro vibe. And that was really fun. And and then my store used to be a bead shop. Oh. Which is really cool because, and I remember it too, but I wasn't like necessarily a big beater. But a lot of my friends from high school who have come seen my shop, they were like, oh, I used to work here, <laughs> you know, 15 well, years. Tell us about your shop because it's the Red Hook Stationery Company. It's a stationery and gift shop. I know stationery stores have like a, a vast spectrum of identity at this point. You know, they could be anywhere from printing supplies and pure custom invitations and things to more like a gift shop that has random things as well. 
whenever people ask me like what the rhyme or reason is of the things in my shop, I just kind of say that these are the kind of things that I gravitate towards when I'm in a stationary store or in terms of for myself, notebooks and journals or for gifting. So I do try to have it be somewhat of a reflection of, of me, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I came in for the first time because it was a stationary store, but now I find myself buying, last week I bought from you some kids gifts because I was visiting my friends in Texas and I hadn't met the girls and I wanted to bring them some clever gifts. And you helped me pick out this really fun drawing. It was a coloring mat that you could take to restaurants, but then you could wash it, which I thought was super clever. So you can reuse it. And then for the baby, you had me buy uh, these chewable chew toys. I mean, that's a doggy gift. What, yeah, what, like was, what do you call it for kids? A teether, teether, right? Not a chew, not a yeah. chew toy. <laughs> It works. <laughs> but they were vegetables. Like I gave her a kale and a, and, a, and a beet and they were a big hit, by the way. And I also got a gift, of course, for, for Tubbins the dog. But I love your kids section because it's like super fun and creative as well as, the, you know, the cards. And you also had cards in Spanish as well as English, which I thought was a nice touch. Oh, thank you. One, the kids section is my favorite part. And it's probably because I have young kids. And so I'm so in it right now in terms yeah. of that world. So it's like a good outlet, a creative outlet that's kind of reflective of my life. And yeah, the card section, I try to have cards that are like inclusive for everybody, just one, because it's the right thing to do, but also because I feel that's a good example of when I was in Red Hook, you know, years ago, feeling freshly here, not really speaking English and, and stuff. I feel like that wouldn't be something that you would see in terms of feeling like you belong necessarily, especially in the village, where which is a reflection of the whole town. So a sense of belonging. That's nice. Yeah. It's important for me as a village business right in the center of town to, to be a reflection of what I believe Red Hook stands for and which is community and inclusivity and, you know, love. (laughs) Oh, that's great. And tell us about starting a business. I mean, do you have advice for, for others? A lot of us have, you know, fantasies about doing it. (laughs) My advice is doing it doesn't necessarily make you any more of an expert at it. I think (laughs) you just have to be okay with making mistakes and also trusting that you're going to know which mistakes are okay for you to make and which mistakes are the kind of thing that you want to really make sure you know what you're doing before you do it. Does that make sense? Like what kind of things? You know, if I'm ordering for the store and I'm unsure about if something's going to do well, I can kind of foresee what my loss would be, what my worst case scenario would be with this product. And I might say to myself, like, I don't know what I'm doing. Let's try it and see what people think. And that's okay. But then like when I'm filling out my New York state sales tax, (laughs) this is the kind of thing I may want to like consult somebody about before I just go ahead and make a big mistake. Did you get support when you were opening the business from the state or the town or the county, or where did you look for resources? Totally. Amelia at the Ozone, I think you know her, right? She's a good friend of mine. We went to high school together and she was super helpful. She actually connected me with this guy, Sam, who is from the Ulster County Small Business Bureau. He was like my mentor. He helped me with everything. He helped me make five-year projections and gave me links to how to apply for an LLC and how to just do things that you wouldn't really know how to do. That's great. So why Red Hook Stationery? Why stationery? I worked retail from college. I went to school for filmmaking. I do video editing. That's what I've been doing for the last 10 years. Amazing. Uh, And I used to commute into the city from Red Hook you know, taking the Amtrak and it was great. But then the pandemic hit and so I've been remote ever since. It kind of gave me an opportunity to to open this store, which I've always wanted to do. Working retail, I just always had that in me. Like, I wish I could have my store. I wish I could have a store. And honestly, a lot of it is the products I sell that, you know, I'm passionate about. But more than that, I think it's the community aspect of it to have a physical store in the village. 
that can be a part of the community, meet people. And, you know, these are the things I loved when I was growing up. And it's like so awesome to be on the other end of that now and meet people and kids. I love meeting kids that come in. But in terms of the stationery, I still do a lot of things, pen and paper. I love gift giving. That's like in my culture as a Georgian person. I felt like Red Hook could use something like a stationery store. It felt it was something that made sense in Red Hook, a place where someone could go and pick out a simple gift with a very kind of old timey country store vibe, which I think represents Red Hook also. Notebooks, journals, writing utensils, (laughs) greeting cards, like all these things are things that I love. And so it was easy for me to, to source with the kind of filter of Red Hook. And the reason my logo is a sheep is because of Red Hook. First of all, I try to source a lot of things with natural materials. So the the sheep and the wool and all that was felt right. But then also like Red Hook is a farm town. And so I felt that was the brand, you know, to me, it was natural handwriting, notebooks, Red Hook, farm animals. I was pretty committed to having City at have an animal logo. And then Ryan Carl, who designed it, he did a baby goat. Yeah, Um, that's perfect. You know, I'm like, why baby goat? And he's like, well, because baby goats have wobbly feet and you're new and you have wobbly feet, Matt. And I was like, I'm a baby goat. He's like, you're a baby goat. So I thought that was pretty That is a genius, Mark. Uh, Yeah, it was genius. That's an elegant, sophisticated designer. And what about this word city? I mean, was this a, a new term? Had you heard that before, like when you were a kid? I actually didn't hear that term until a year ago, which is really yeah. surprising. But I think that's I think that's rare. I think people had heard, you know, thrown it around. I love that you've claimed it. It's so great. <laughs> Such a great word. I trademarked it, if you can believe it. <laughs> I love it. It's great. What is your advice to Sidiots, to newcomers? Yeah, I feel like I could go both ways. My advice to Sidiots and newcomers, but also my advice to people who live here. Oh, please. That would be great. My advice to Sidiots would be to just remember that life up here is not like pretend. I think when I was working in New York City, I had this feeling like people who had lived in New York City for a long time started to forget that places outside of New York City were still real life. Does that make sense? Like you get so immersed in the city and you get so captivated and it's just, it makes you feel like you're someone, you know, like to live in the city. And sometimes I, I get the sense loosely that people sometimes when they move up or or they fantasize about moving up and trust me I've heard like I have so many friends fantasizing about moving up and I'm always encouraging but oh good tell them about the show yeah I will (laughs) Um, (laughs) but they sometimes almost like romanticize which is okay to do but in a way that I had to be like it is still real life it's just as real as New York City (laughs) so my advice would be you know if you're only a weekender or whatever just Remember that the people that live here, this is their real life. This is normal life. It's not some funny segment of life. You know, they're not romanticizing seeing deer on the side of the road when you drive by or, you know, it's just life. Just the same way New York City has romantic elements. But when you're actually there, you know, it's just your life. And then towards people who live here, viewing people moving up, people just like to complain, I think. Of course, if somebody's buying up a lot of properties and then airbnb them, and then there's an effect to that where the it's hard for people who live here to get housing. These are things that need to be addressed and in the proper way. And how does someone, people moving up here affect people who live here? I understand all that. But when I see families who have lived in the city for 10 years or 20 years, and they're moving up here to have more space, I'm like, how can you be mad about that? 
it's not yours to claim. I've lived in Red Hook for my whole life, and I I don't feel like it's mine to claim any more so than someone who just moves here. So I really oh, don't. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, the claiming of it in the sense of when you're from here, you know, we can all be from here, right? Your name doesn't have to be in a street sign. Right. Your store, you opened a few months ago, and are the people coming into the store, do you get a sense of whether they are visiting or they are from here? I always ask. Yeah, I always ask. What do you find out? When I first opened, I really thought the majority of my customers would be visiting. I was thinking it would be like 70-30, which is pretty high. But I've actually discovered it's it's fairly even, if not even the other way. It might be 60-40 with locals and then visitors. Oh, wow. And and that's so nice because I'm meeting so many people. Like you said, I'm from the community, but it's nothing like having a store and seeing people every day. Where your store is also is kind of really interesting because a bunch of new things have opened right there, like the corner counter, which I interviewed you know a couple of months ago, and Julia's Equus Art Gallery is right there, and Taste Buds. There's a lot more there than there was when I first came to town. Yeah, there seems to be some new energy. When I was in high school, I don't quite remember people like strolling the village, you know? <laughs> now, yeah. now I'm seeing like, people strolling. It's so nice. Things like Taste Buds is so funny to me because before Taste Buds, it was White Rabbit. So oh. like my family still sometimes calls it White Rabbit, which is like ridiculous. <laughs> it's been oh, so Oh, I didn't know that. People, when they're visiting Red Hook, they often ask me, where should I get coffee, you know, at the store? And I have to kind of shift into recommend recommendations mode of, you know, what are these places going to look like from an outsider? Because for me, Taste Buds is where 50 high schoolers would go in between finals and cram for the next final while trying to eat lunch as fast as you can. Yeah, it still has a student vibe too. And I, I just was trained as a certified tourist ambassador, if you can believe that. And we learned to also make recommend, don't just give one recommendation, give multiple. So if I were asked, I would give like local vor, you know, with a new place because they have a good latte, or I would say, or taste buds if you want more of a student feel, or I would probably think of a third choice of also Corner Counter and Annabelle's. They also have coffee too. So we're also taught to give multiple choices. So you never show too much preference. Thank you. That's a great tip. Yeah, because everyone's style is a little different. So you don't know, or you first ask them, what do you like? Do you want a fancy latte or do you want a grab and go gas station coffee? I definitely have my rotation of maybe seven places that I've been recommending. Your favorite places in the Hudson Valley, like where do you go for inspiration? Do you have a secret place we should all know about? My favorite places are the outdoor places. Like we go to Olana all the time. We go to Greg Farm all the time. We go to Montgomery Place all the time. <laughs> we go to Poets Walk all the time. I actually opened and closed sometimes the gate at Poets Walk in the mornings before high school. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. That's yeah. Uh, my parents like work for Cena Hudson, so sometimes I would do that. Your parents work for Cena Hudson? How cool. Yeah. Just doing that. Like literally yeah. <laughs> the gate. What a great organization. Um, yeah. In terms of the secret places, I would just say don't sleep on certain places. If you have children, the rec park in Red Hook is a gold mine. I've been to many uh, town parks and the rec park is just like the spot. It's such a good park. You will always see someone you know there. We don't even plan play dates. We just go and we know that my son <laughs> wants someone to play with that who's also there at the same time. That's great. What's the future for the store or for, for you and your family? What are you thinking? Well, the cool news is that we just, we're literally in the process right now of buying a house in Red Hook. Oh, nice. We had one in Stanfordville, which was great, but we were just too far, which is funny. It's only 25 minutes, but 
to be like really part of the community, I felt a little isolated. And we were driving literally three hours every day back and forth because all of our things are here. And it's actually a funny story. You might want to know. It's a very small town story. Um, Of course I want to know that. (laughs) When we sold our house, we moved in with my parents in Barrytown. And we've been there now for eight months or nine months. But in January, when we were really like looking for a house, we just realized the market is so crazy, which I'm sure you know. Yep. We were kind of bitter. Like, this is Red Hook. Why is this so hard for us to find a house in Red Hook? We were, can we do this like an untraditional way? And there's this one house that we really loved, kind of just always loved it, you know, me and Austin, my husband. And we just decided to write them a letter and just like mail it. This is very a stationary story too, actually. Oh, you wrote a letter. We just hand wrote a letter being like, hey, like, how are you? Remember us? We knew their son from high school. He was a good friend of ours in high school. We were like, we've been to your house for parties. <laughs> and we were, we just always loved your house. If there's any ever a time that you're considering selling it, let us know. We, you know, and and we were like, no pressure. Let this just be a compliment, like if anything else. Nice. And we mailed the letter in January and they wrote they wrote us an email back two weeks later. And we're just like, wow, this is a surprise. You know, nice to hear from you. And they said, let's meet at Taste Buds and just talk about it he, he was like probably nothing you know we're not really selling right now but let's just talk about it catch up so we met them at taste buds and we had that conversation and we kind of left there thinking like okay it was nice to see them but it's probably not going to work out we were a little bummed but it was realistic and then a month and a half later he emailed us again and was like you know what we thought about it and we changed our mind and we are going to sell this wow so we just signed contracts two and a half weeks ago Oh, congratulations. Yeah, it's crazy. That is a good small story. And, you know, it's also a good call to action because now, you know, if if you're a listener and you are looking for a place, I mean, clearly you go to Red Hook Stationery, you buy some stationery, right? You'd be inspired by the story. You follow that elegant script about, you know, no pressure, take this as a compliment. You send it off and, you know, and then it just, it's going to work, right? I will now have a section stationary specifically for real estate, real estate, exactly. Real estate, cold calls. Yeah. So the future is that we're moving into that house and for the store, you know, I'm, I'm still learning. I'm learning about what people in the community want and the store is honing its identity more and more every day, which is so awesome. I have an upstairs in my unit. So who's to say what that will become in the future. I'm really excited about that potential. And then I also eventually want to get into some custom stationery, like imitations and things, but that's in the future. I'm just so happy to be like where I am right now. It's great. Thanks for listening to City It. This is an ongoing quest to help newcomers get acclimated and not be douchebags. Please rate and share the show and help us keep growing. And be sure to sign up for the newsletter at cityit.com. Thanks to some recent write-ins from listeners and organizations, I'm thinking of taking on some new topics this season that I've never dared before and don't want you to miss a beat. I'm Matt Zucker. Fall is just starting in the Hudson Valley. You can see the leaves starting to change. We're putting up itineraries of where to go at cityat.com, or you can just email me from the site if you need ideas. And for City at listeners, Mari has a special discount of 15% off any one item at Red Hook Stationery Company through October 2023. Link and address on the episode page. Hope you take advantage of it and come visit.
one pop noodles Have an ounce of an idiot Ordered a Manhattan And they call me a city yeah. At first it hurt my feelings But it's kinda got a ring to it When you move to the country They can tell when you're new to it I'm looking at a place But I'm trying to keep fitting in It takes long to be a local So for now I'm a city yeah. I'm a city yeah. I'm a city yeah. I'm a city yeah.